0: You found v premier baseball betting show. This is the run line.
2: Welcome back into the run line, our second hour here of v baseball betting show. I'm hosting tonight, Adam Burke, Ben Wilson. We'll be back next week on the desk with me, but we've got Josh Towers, eight years in the big leagues for Josh Towers. We've been talking a lot about pitching and we're going to do that here to kick off our second hour as well as we get into a Cy Young discussion here. But first, we were talking about something during the break about pitchers and kind of getting confidence going and all of that. And, you know, obviously there are a lot of things you can speak to in terms of the uh, the mindset that goes into, you know, knowing whether or not you're going to have a good game. And yeah. it, it really starts probably long before you get to this point. But you and I were talking about, you know, that pregame bullpen session, yeah. how that goes for you.
3: Yeah, like for me it was more of like the pregame catch session. Like, you know, like, yeah, you have a routine. Mine was like six minutes of what I did and came back in and then you're flack around and come, that kind of solidified it. Like I never – I never felt that, like, if I had a great bullpen, that meant I had a great game. And or if I had a bad bullpen, I had a bad game. Uh, but there is 100% sometimes you come out and you know that, like, this pitch isn't – which is why it throws me off that they take pitches away from guys. Um, but when you know, like, man, I just – I can't find the slider today. Like, but you you can't abandon it because if I abandon a pitch, now the team knows and now you got three instead of four, two instead of three. Now they can eliminate that and sit on something. Like, you have to still – throw that pitch, but you have to be very smart with when you use it and how you use it. It's kind of like the curveball for me. It wasn't a very good pitch in the big leagues because of the way my shoulders were. But I can use it to where to right-handed batters, I can bounce it on top of the plate. And all I wanted them to do was get out front. Or lefties, I can backdoor to where you fly out to left field. But if I abandon that, it takes away – there's three ways to pitch, up and down, in and out, and back and forth. And if I eliminate that that, that curveball, it took away a lot of my back and forth and slowing them down out in front so I can pop something by them and – so you do know what you have coming out. But there's days, like, where you have one pitch, maybe two. And it's like, all right, well, when push comes to shove, I have to go back to this pitch every time. And if I start to force stuff, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. It's hard for us to watch the game and really see that on TV. But there's no question that – there's these, like, to me, to, to, to like, like s- steal today, like, he feels it. He's got one strike. He's got 13 ground balls. When I have 13 ground balls, I feel like I'm pitching – like, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do with the ball today and he's done a very good job of staying, like I said, early in the, in the zone because if you establish down early, you're going to be successful. If you establish up early, it's going to be a short night.
2: Well, and for Justin Steele here, turning over a lineup for the, fir- for the fourth time in this game, first time he's done that all year long. Just walk Tommy Edmond, and David Ross is going to give him a shot here against Paul Goldschmidt, seeing Goldie for the fourth time. Goldie does have a couple of knocks already in this game, and, of course, just had his 25-game hitting streak ended on game one of yesterday's doubleheader. So we'll see what ends up happening here uh, with the rest of this one where you've got right now the Cardinals minus 125 as your live short price favorite. Total still six and a half uh, as Goldie steps in here.
3: You have to, sorry to cut you off, you have to let, like if you want to teach these guys how to pitch and be good, like if you want them to be better, they have to learn how to pitch deep in the game. And I know like to me, let me
2: me interrupt and ask you this though. So the Cubs, right, they're not in the situation that the Cardinals are in. They're not really – they'd love to make the playoffs, but it's probably not going to happen given the start. Right. So still gets a longer leash because of that here, you think? I or think is this just part of the maturation I, process?
3: If he's one of my guys, like I got to teach him to pitch at some point, right? So if it's next year that we're planning on, like he has to know how to pitch deep into the game. And I always said this, like I was arrogant with this, and, and maybe I shouldn't have said it, maybe I played at a different time, I don't know. But like I always used to say to the media, if a starting pitcher didn't go seven innings, he didn't do his job. The game is not on the line until the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning. Like, my adrenaline and my nerves and, like, have I learned how to pitch? Me facing Goldschmidt in the first inning is no big deal. Me facing Goldschmidt in the 7th or 8th and the ninth inning is a big deal, right? And if I learn how to do that to where that becomes normal, where that becomes whatever, then I'm going to be really good. But I promise you that his steel, his adrenaline, his heart rate, I guarantee all that's cranked up right now because he probably hasn't gone 7 all year. Maybe he hasn't gone 7 in his career in today's game. I don't know. But if that's the case and he does get out of this, he's going to feel like he threw a CG, and he only went seven. Well, and,
2: and, and something I think – there's something to be said about this, too, and I've actually seen managers doing this a lot more here, trying to limit exposure a little bit uh, in terms of the bullpen, and it looks like Steele going to get out of this here although uh, a lazy fly ball to left. So kudos to him for that, although maybe the wind
1: played a little just, bit of a factor
2: there based on that out. route. Uh, but you know, also, too, something that managers will do, and I'm sure that you know you remember this from your playing days – and I've seen this, and I've tried to capitalize on it from a live betting okay. standpoint. Justin Steele's been really good tonight. Yes, He can't get the win if he leaves with a guy on base. He's done. And I've seen managers you know, really try to push their guys through that fifth inning, through that sixth inning, something like that, to kind of reward them for you know some of those personal statistics. I try to capitalize on it from a live betting standpoint, but okay. managers will do that.
3: Yeah, it's important to us as pitchers. I know my pitch count's getting up. I know this might be it. I really want to get through five, so at least I have an opportunity. The reality is you don't get a lot of wins only going five innings. You get very minimal. Like, you want to win games, you got to go seven, eight, nine innings. That's just the reality. Uh, we see how hard the game is. I mean, there's a, I mean, again, it's like they're fourth at bat. They've done a lot of homework. Uh, pressure, BJ Ryan always told me, he said, Josh, the only thing i seen pressure do is push water up a hill. And I was like, I don't, I, 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 get what you're, I don't know how to respond to it, but I get what you're saying, right? It's not real. And I thought about this a lot because BJ was a closer. He was very successful in our game and multiple teams. He didn't believe in pressure. He believed in if I made my pitch, if I did my job, I'm going to be successful. It didn't matter when he'd come out of the bullpen and the fire lit up around the stadium and his song came on and all of us were jamming in the crowd. Like Mariano, he tuned all that out. So Mariano, you ever get nervous? He goes, yeah, but as soon as the gate opens, I got a job to do. It goes away. How do you flip that switch? I don't like, I did. It took a long time to, to understand that mentality, but they were so used to pitching in the ninth inning of a game that that was the first inning to them. That was nothing to them. We, we as starting pitchers, it's not the same thing for us. And, again, these middle relievers, if I don't give them an opportunity, like we saw with the Dodgers say, or sorry, the Mets, if we don't give them an opportunity to pitch with the game on the line, what are they really going to learn? Because I'm going to need them at some point. I can't always – like, what if I, I'm, on, I'm on the show I can't always use my good guys. i got to use everybody. And so, like, we have to learn to pitch in these situations. This is a big deal for Steele. Going seven innings is a massive deal in today's game for this young man for what it's going to do for his confidence – and I'm glad that, like, he knew he was getting pulled out right there with Goldschmidt up. He knew that. And then all of a sudden, Rossi walks away. And then I'm like, oh, well, now I got to get him out because my manager just did me a solid. Now I got to pick him up because I want to re-earn the stress to pitch deep again. And so, sure, I think he's getting pulled now. But what that did for him moving forward, and if he puts him in that situation moving forward again and again, like, this guy is going to take another level to being a better pitcher even though he's not a strikeout guy. It doesn't matter. It's very important, again, we talked about coaches so much, what these coaches do for me. John Gibbons used to pull me after five or six if I was going, well, six. And I used to Johnny, why, like, I go in his office, John, why are you pulling me? I don't understand. He's like, Josh, I don't know what it is. It's just something about you. And this is always when, when Roy Holiday was healthy. There's something about you that, like, I just, at five or six, I just, I want to pull you. And I was like, well, you're never going to have confidence in me if you don't pitch me deep. And I'm going to tell you this right now. This is the worst thing I probably ever could have said if you only let me go five innings, like John, I don't gotta work out to go five innings. I don't have to do anything. I can go out and get drunk every night and go five innings. Like I don't have to train for that, it's super easy. I was like, you're gonna cause bad habits in me. I'm not putting that on you, but I'm just telling you like, what, what, like what's going to happen. I was like, you gotta trust me if you like, I go, what happened in 05 when Roy got hurt? You thought our season was over. You trusted me and Gustavo Garcia and we went seven, eight, nine every game. And we were really, really good. I was like, so you have to put confidence into your guys. You have to put them in situations to succeed if you want them to be there later on. We're starting, finally, Berkey, starting to see that this year in baseball.
2: Well, and we'll see what kind of lift this provides the Cubs, who are a minus 140 live favorite now in this one. And, of course, uh, you know, a big lift not only for Steele, but also for that bullpen. Let's talk about some guys that regularly go deep into games, taking a look at the NL Cy Young Award odds here. Uh, Corbin Burns, bit of a home run problem for him this year, but he's still the Cy Young favorite, plus 325. Burns actually only gave up seven home runs in 167 innings last year giving up nine already here so far in 68 and a third Sandy Alcantara from the Marlins plus 700. Uh, he's out there as one of the short prices, Carlos Rodon at plus 900 Pablo Lopez, 10 to one uh, Joe Musgrove. He's moved down to six to one after the near perfect game <laughs> slash no hitter the other night. Uh, any of these guys that you feel like are, are either worth a bet or, you know, worth some serious consideration right now?
3: Uh, I mean, sometimes I react too early I was gonna say no. I just wanted to say no to all of them.
2: What um, is it? Is it worries about health? Is it worries mm-mm. about consistency? Is it? Yeah,
3: it's not health. I. I mean, again, everybody's got to stay healthy to, to achieve an award, and there's only so much that we can. You know, predict on that. We saw it with Jacob last year. You know, played a couple, missed one, and he knew something was going on with Jake. But um, first off, who's the? Is it Gonsolin, the Dodgers guy? Yeah, like
2: Tony Gonsolin. He, I mean, Tyler Anderson's been
3: really good too. Yeah. Tyler is 7-0 with a two five nine, and, and in I thought he was somewhere in the same thing. I, mean, I can't find him on here, but like these guys are legit and, and, and they got to be longer shots and they're, they're on a team that we know is going to continue to dominate. They're getting massive run support. Their competence is through the roof at this point. Their wins are up. Their losses are down. Their ERA is in a beautiful place. Um, like, if I'm looking at long shots, I'm looking at those dudes. Now, I think Sandy Alcantara is one of the best in the game, and every year he just gets better and better and better. And he's a he's a legit number one guy. 74 innings in 11 starts. Think about that. He's probably the only guy that has that number in baseball. 49 hits given up. Uh, almost a strikeout innings. It's the only thing holding him back. His walks are pretty good. Whips, obviously good. 6-2 and two at the one one Like, this dude's amazing. Is he going to get enough love? Every year he's got further in the season, further in the season, further in the season. And he had a great start to this one. So, like, Sandy's somebody I would consider. But the reality is, and you got to go back to the past. you got to go back to the Bryce Harper and Paul Seawald analogy that I gave earlier. The reality is is we're two months into six-month season. That's it. We're only one-third of the way. Do these guys know how to pitch the second half of the season? Do they know how to pitch in August and September when they're tired, the back's against the wall, when they haven't seen their family in a long time? Do they know how to do this? And now i got to go back to the guys that I know know how to do this and guys who have proven this – to where I start to go, all right, I have a little more confidence in them. Burns, he slowly got better and better, and then he does what he does last year, he carried. So, like, that's what I got to look at. But then the long shots, if I'm going to long shot, I got to look at the Dodgers guys as a long shot, to be honest with you.
2: No, it makes a lot of sense. And, again, you know, they're are-
0: If you dare,
2: major market team, you know, yes. they're going to be a playoff team without question, whether they win the division or make it as one of the wild cards. And for better or worse, that is part of the voting process. Does your manager
3: let you pitch deep too?
2: That too. Well, and also, do you have a good enough bullpen to hold the leads yes. for you? Yes. So you can get, you know, your wins and, and all those different types of things. Strikeouts are to help obviously key. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't know well, why, but it is. I'm, I got Joe Musgrove 25 to 1 before the season. See, that's, so a, that's a way better I'm, I'm number than that one. That one. Much better number than now. Uh, but, you know, again, it's it's always one of those things, too, where for me, I think it's easier to cross guys off the list. I, I, yes. Than it is to actually, that's what know, I start to do pre-flop, pre-flop
3: preseason, just crossing them off.
2: All right, well, we got more coming your way here on the run line. We'll talk about the AL Cy Young Award odds coming up right after the break and also another update here of this Cardinals and Cubs game on the run line, v Baseball Betting Show.
0: Found v
2: premier baseball betting show. This is the run line. Back here on the run line, v baseball betting show, taking a look at this Cardinals and Cubs game. And, you know, we've been talking about it, Josh, throughout the show about, you know, starters just not working nearly as deep as they used to. And here, both starters into the seventh, turning the lineup over four times. Uh, this is a rarity, especially in terms <laughs> of Sunday night baseball. Where we've actually had a lot of higher scoring games this year.
3: Yeah, I like it. Again, I mean, for me, I like pitching matchups, and and we have a good one here. Um, I I was just thinking, like, watching Yachty cover his knee and punch the buttons and tell Wainwright what I'm throwing in his ear. I mean, for 17 years, it's been a different story, right? And all of a sudden, like, you're going to put this stupid earpiece in my ear. And, like, if I was Wainwright, it would be hard for me to do this. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, runner on second base, I'll give it to you because – that's all we worried about, and hitters were so good at stealing signs. I mean, I I had played with, like, the Delgado's of the world, and I shouldn't mention this, the Catalanados and stuff, and boy, if we didn't have your sign by the second hitter, we didn't, I mean, that was a long time. Like, that's how easy it was. We always went second to home. We didn't go first to third, but, you know, you kind of take that away from from these guys. Like, I would do this with runners in second, but like, it would be so hard for me, because you know, the way we're looking in, and I was, I saw it earlier, like, there was, you know, when I'm shaking, there's a Sometimes I'm shaking because the catcher gives it to me. Sometimes I'm shaking because I don't want the pitch. And sometimes I'm shaking because if I shake three times or four times, you know something off of is coming, right? Well, when I reverse that and shake three or four times and get to a fastball or fastball in, you're not ready for that. And so there's a, like a psychology that goes into that too. And and and, and having my my guy like, give me this. And, and I know that he means, sorry, I know that he means this side of the plate or I know that he means this side of the plate where he's just putting – four-seamer, two-seamer, whatever that dumb thing says on his – like, that would throw me off a little bit. It would take a little bit of getting used to for this. Uh, for the young kids, no big deal. But for – because they've changed the minor league rules for years. But for Wainwright, like, I'm impressed that he's still pitching this well with that that crazy thing on. Um, but look at him, poised. No big deal. Like, he's yeah. been here a million times.
2: Forty years old. He's uh, definitely not pitching like a 40-year-old here so far this season. One on, two out in the bottom of the seventh Welcome. here in a 3-2 count. Uh, with the Cardinals a minus one twenty five live favorite in this one, that's total the pitch. of six and a half. That's
3: that's the pitch we talked about earlier. So he gave up a hit on that pitch earlier on a 3-0 count. He gave up a hit on that in another situation. He gave up a hit on that, but he's still willing to throw it three one in the seventh inning with the runner on. And instead of giving in, he's still willing to throw his pitch. And I'm gonna get if you're willing to wait me out, tip my cap. And that's what he. That's why he's such a veteran and so good this many years later. Because you're gonna hit my pitch or no pitch, more times than not. I'm very curious on what he'll throw here. Uh, it's easy for me to throw a fastball in the outside corner to where it looks like it's going to be that same slider and stays for a strike. I could throw the same pitch because I think Contreras is going to be. And then he starts it off the plate. Right. And, again, there goes the setup to where what did he do all these at-bats earlier to Contreras and what did Contreras do and what did Contreras learn, or vice versa. Um, and now he's in a situation where he has to give him, but will he? Does he trust his bullpen, right? It's a, it's a crazy game that we're trying to in-game bet. It's hard to in-game bet late. It's easy to in-game bet early. Easier. Well,
2: it, something I want to ask about here, we've been doing this segment called Real or Fake on the show, taking a look at starting pitchers, looking at their numbers to see if we think that something's changed, if there's some staying power to it, or if it's maybe just you know something that's been a little bit fluky here. And Tyler Anderson is the guy that I want to focus on here today to see if you think that his performance thus far is real, Or fake. And Anderson, part of that Dodgers rotation that you talked about a few minutes ago in our NL Cy Young discussion, where Anderson's putting up great numbers. Over eight starts, 259 ERA, 313 FIP, a walk rate under 3%. Strikeout rate has gone up significantly from the previous two seasons when he had a 449 ERA and a 437 FIP. And we talked about coaching, and we talked about organizations and Uh some just simply being better than others. Anderson was with the Rockies. Obviously, Coors Field, very, very tough place to pitch. Then he was with the the Giants. He was with the Pirates for a little bit. The Giants have, of course, emerged as one of the smartest organizations in baseball. But the Dodgers have done this for a long time. And it certainly looks like the Dodgers have Tyler Anderson going really well right now.
3: Yeah, Listen, the Dodgers have always had great bullpen coaches. Um, I asked Dave Roberts one day, do you get to manage? Or do they manage up top? And he smiled at me. He said, I get to manage. And I said, that's good to hear. Because it doesn't always happen with a lot of lot of teams, and uh, he's learned to have faith, but he also has Clayton Kershaw sitting next to him, and he's had these good pitching coaches sitting next to him. Um, and, and Walker Buehler's kind of been mentored, it seems like, by Clayton Kershaw, and so he gets to – you know, he, he's he's watched this. He's had success, and we all think it's the offense. The offense, of course, gets better and better every year, and they go and get these trades and stuff, but they, it's really been based around pitching, and, and it's been Clayton to, to be the main guy. When I have a guy like Roy Holiday, Clayton Kershaw, Pedro Martinez on my bench – we're all going to get better, by the way, because that's who's here I'm picking the whole time. Tyler Anderson, like, you came up in the Rockies organization. It's – bro, when we went to go play there, we weren't allowed to run there. I played in Colorado Springs. It's like pitching on the moon, right? You had to learn how to how to. To get into shape. And then did it affect you the next day when you weren't there? And then did I put too much work in on the road because we were at – lower altitude or not enough in, and, and it really messes with you. These guys, I feel like I've done, Drew Marquez, I feel like they've done a great job of learning how to pitch in Colorado. Like, your breaking balls don't break. They don't, like, my curveball didn't break. It didn't. I had to use the changeup more. You had to turn your slider more into a cutter. And so you really have to learn. And then when I go somewhere else, that doesn't necessarily work. Can I go back to the bigger break stuff? Can I go back to, and if I don't really, i got to transition my mind more than anything else. It's a very difficult place. Um... The Rockies haven't done a very good job. Even when they were successful, they weren't successful. And then we saw them fade bad a couple of years ago to the end where they probably could have won the division, and they faded. Um, and then once he leaves there, he's questioning himself. Like, I've talked to, to guys he played with who live here in town, and, and they've always said great things about him. But, you know, you start to question yourself. And then you go to, to the, the, the Giants, and you had a pretty respectful season. But that was a one and done. Then you go to Pittsburgh because you got nowhere else to go. It's usually why you end up in Pittsburgh. And then I accidentally signed with the Dodgers because, well, I went to Seattle, but I accidentally signed with the Dodgers because the Dodgers really weren't that deep in pitching. And then he shows up, and he's like, dude, just be you. Just do you. Who cares? Like, you're at a better place to pitch. you got got guys that you're bouncing off of wallspring spring training who you're learning more from. And all of a sudden, Tyler Anderson's confidence starts to rise because they're trusting him. That's the first thing that I learned about Dave Roberts, my son and his son playing the same college team. It's the first thing, and I've always played against Dave. It was the first thing I learned about him talking to him. Like, he he instantly, like, you just feel better about yourself when Dave Roberts talks to you. Like, you just, instantly, you're like, oh, dang, man, I look good today. Like, whatever the case may be. That's rubbing off on all these players. Everybody goes there, and they get better. And, again, we look at the offense, and the offense adds to that, but the pitching sets the offense up to relax a lot more. And, and Tyler Anderson's benefiting from this to where I think he lost his confidence before, and now he's going, maybe I am pretty good. And he's showing it. They're not a big strikeout, dude. I would like to see those up. But it is not an accident that you went from six-plus percentage of walks because I'm afraid to pitch. And then I know, like, maybe my bullpen's not very good. I know if I give up a hit, I'm going to get pulled. And now he starts, uh, and I have these reasonable doubts in my head. He's walking, you know.
2: Under 3%. 59 guys,
3: 26 guys in 86 innings, 25 guys in 59 innings. Like, it's a ton of walks. And now he has six walks in 55 innings? He's challenging you. Wait a minute. I can get you out in the strike zone. I can actually make you hit the ball where I want you to hit it. I don't have to pitch around you. I don't have to pitch scared. Hold on a second. My defense is going to catch it? Oh, I'm good.
2: Well, I'm and, good. And for Tyler Anderson this year, changeup has been the biggest thing for him. He's throwing his changeup 31% of the time, almost a 47% whiff rate on the pitch, posing batters, batting a buck away. Imagine
3: leaving that up in Colorado and then leaving that up at Dodger Stadium at night. Right. It's a difference of 50 feet, 100 feet. Mm-hmm.
2: And he's been really, really good. And, and, and I think that question of confidence is something to take a look at here with Herman Marquez, who's yes. another guy that we're going to hit on here. And look, Herman Marquez, it's not easy to pitch at Coors Field, right? We all know that. It's definitely the hardest place in Major League Baseball to pitch. But Marquez had actually been pretty good at it mm-hmm. for a while. From 2017 to 2021, 425 ERA, 384 FIP, a 24% strikeout rate, a walk rate under 7%. Those are all really, really good things when about half of your starts come at course Field. This year, though, Marquez a 671 ERA, 5'11 FIP. The strikeout rate is down almost 6%. Now, to be fair, seven of his 10 starts have come in Denver so far this season, but also in his three road starts, he's given up 16 runs in 15 and two-thirds innings. And one of the things that I noticed with Marquez, Josh, is that he's had trouble maintaining his velocity this season. It was very high in his first start of the year, I believe, against the Dodgers, after that, it's kind of been down. It's been a little bit inconsistent. And you talk about pitching with confidence. And if you reach back and you're normally a 96, 97 guy, all of a sudden you're sitting 93, 94, maybe, maybe touching 95. That's got to change your mindset and the way that you operate.
3: Yeah. Like, man, it's such a crazy thing. I like I remember, I'll tell this story later on Velocity, but it. Like I know that I pitch where I pitch and I feel like one comes out pretty good, and I look, and it's five miles per hour slower, like, instantly, I like I question myself. The crazy thing is the gun could have been wrong, but I'll question myself, or I'll try to step on one to see if I can add it, and nothing happens, and I start playing that game with myself. He's given up a ton of hits. Like, that usually isn't like him to give up as many hits as he is now. His home runs aren't crazy high as walks or whatever. It's the amount of hits he's given up. He's not missing barrels, like, in any situation, and – he again. He's learned to pitch in Colorado. He's really good there. But for him to get rocked like this on the road is is. I mean, Washington tattooed him. He had seven runs in back-to-back games. Philly tattooed him. That's not like this kid. So I agree. Like, there's sometimes you can. I watched Bieber the other day, and I was like, I, Is he changing his delivery, or is something wrong with Bieber? Like, it happens, man. But we don't want to tell anybody. I want to get paid.
2: Absolutely. We got a half hour left here on the show with plenty of stuff to talk about on the Run Line V Baseball Betting Show.
0: Found cins premier baseball betting show. This is The Run Line.
2: Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season long. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now. Join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details and always drink responsibly. Back here on the run line, I'm host Adam Burke tonight alongside Josh Towers. Eight years in the major leagues for Josh Towers. We've Party. had a lot of fun talking about all kinds of different stuff here. And uh been an interesting, I don't know how fun it's been, but it's been a very interesting game here on Sunday Night Baseball. Two to two, going to the bottom of the eighth here. Uh, Wainwright is out. Genesis Cabrera takes over. Justin Steele also out for the top of that eighth inning so now we're into the bullpens with the Cubs a minus 150 favorite uh no total posted on this one for right now is looks like we maybe have the chance of getting into the ghost runner situation here if we go to extras
3: yeah I, uh, again it's bullpens in baseball right this is the ideal setup is you get to go to your your guys who you designed to be in this situation um hopefully pre-flop but you know what has been established over the first two months. Uh, understandable again. Anytime you're this late in the game, the home team has got to have the advantage in a tie. All
2: right. So one thing we've kind of been teasing here, we haven't really gotten to it yet, but I want to make sure that we get to it right now is a look at the AL Cy Young award odds because we've already hit the National League Cy Young, so we have to hit the American League here as well. Uh, none of these guys on the bump tomorrow, unfortunately. I wish we could talk about them in that context, but uh, Justin Verlander. I mean, in, incredible what he's doing. Uh, late in, his, I would say late in his career, but who knows? He seems like a cyborg. He may just pitch forever. Uh, but Justin Verlander, the favorite, plus 425. Had a rough outing against Seattle here recently, but also uh, almost had a no-hitter in his start prior to that. Shane McClanahan, plus 600. I know you were telling me uh, during one of the breaks here that you played with Kevin Cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Cash letting McClanahan go a little bit longer here this season. He's at 6-1. to uh, The Bronx Bombers, guys, Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez, both at 7-1. to Cortez has been really, really good so far this year. Kevin Gosman, not a good start for him today. We'll see what his number looks like when it adjusts tomorrow morning. Alec Manoa has been really good for the Blue Jays. He's at nine to one, and then on down the board from there. Josh, any of these guys uh, interest you for a play, or or maybe a little bit of a deeper discussion?
3: Oh man, yeah, it's tough. Um, obviously, vernlanders is an easy guy. You know, he, he came off last year as Tom and John, and he just he hasn't skipped a beat. With that said, his, his strikeouts aren't, aren't up. They're not like. To be honest with you, nobody strikeouts are really up. I mean, maybe Cease, McClanahan, uh, I guess Garrett Cole always. I'm, I'm shocked that Verlander's K's are down. I'd like to see those increase a little bit. Again, I don't know why it's such a massive deal to voters, but it is. Um, the whole McClanahan thing, listen, this kid's legit. He's, oh, man, I, I, I enjoy watching him and his numbers back it up. But he's Kevin Cash as his manager. And that's what, I mean, that's the big that's the big no-no for me. Like, I, I Do I think Shane can, you know, I, yeah, I think he's got five out of six months in him for sure. But Kevin Cash is, we look what he did to the, to the World Series. And Blake Snell, who's through the, probably the greatest game I've ever seen, had no reason in the world in pulling him. But that's the way he manages, that's the way they do things in Tampa. And so Shane's never really going to get that opportunity to give me the innings that I think that he needs to win the Cy Young, because I think Kevin Cash is going to back him off. But uh, right now, they don't really have that many starters. It's really their main guy, so he kind of has no choice. Like, it's been different in years past. Dylan Cease, like, it's, it's a no for me. Like, he he can be dominant, and then it's just like he gets tattooed early, and if he gives up runs in the first, he doesn't know how to stop that. So, like, that's that's going to inflate things too much for me. Um we know what we're getting out of Garrett Cole. Like, how is he not like obviously a favorite five and one with a two seven eight? He's got eighty one Ks and sixty four rings. Like, it's, I I could have sworn people were talking the first half of the month, first month of the season, he wasn't very good, and then all of a sudden, there's this. Like, he he's he's again he I think getting to New York was nervous for him because he always wanted to be a Yankee and he had this massive massive contract of four plus. I think he's settling in and he's comfortable. Uh, I would love to see Nestor Cortez there at the end of the year. Uh, he's got to keep, and I hate this word, but he's got to kind of honestly keep tricking them. But, like, right now, it's it's great, but have we ever seen this from Nestor before? And now I'm asking this kid to go six months again. It's 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 going to be fun, but, you know, if, if we think there's a regression with the Yankees and the offense, is the pitching they have been so good lately, can that continue with all of them? Um, because they're bouncing off each other again, like, like when I get to pitch, like in 2003, I got to pitch against behind Roy Hall. I went 0-12 in 0-2, by the way, combined, big leagues, minor leagues. In 3 I ended up in, in Toronto and, and I, I got to pitch against Roy Halliday, uh, uh, Sorry, behind Roy every day. So every night I went to bed, I had charted Roy's game the night before because I pitched after him. And he's so dominant that two things happened. One, all you did going to bed was like, man, I want to do that. That's all you thought about. I want to do that. I want to do that. And I went out there trying to do what Roy did because it was so cool to watch. And then I also got the guys on Hangover because they were so frustrated they went over for Roy, they all went out and got drunk. And so, I, you know, I benefited tremendously. Um, that's happening with the Yankees right now. is they're all running. Look at Tyone. Like Severino, we know is good. He just always gets hurt. Like, he can be a guy that can easily win this at some point if he just stays healthy. So, like, I I, I look around the league, and, 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 and Manoa, like the only thing that scares me about Alec, and he's been amazing, it's his second real year. It's a very, very difficult year. In the big leagues, I got to look at um, – I mean, how about Framber Valdez in Houston? Like, these guys are all doing a great job over there, again, with this extra pitching coach and JV who's been there for a while. So, uh, it's it's hard for me to jump on early. I don't get caught up in who's good one month or two months of the season. I know it's a long season, and i got to look a little deeper. Um, and although I don't like to jump on the three and four to one, Garrett Coles at the beginning of the year, a couple bad starts, and now I get him at a good number. So, I will
2: make a case for Dylan Cease here. Okay. Because Dylan Cease, when you look at him, 13 of the 22 earned runs he's allowed have come in two of his starts. He faced New York and he faced Boston. He won't have to do that again. The White Sox have the worst remaining strength of schedule in all of Major League Baseball. And how bad is it? They still have 14 games left against the Guardians, 11 left against the Royals, and 16 left against the Detroit Tigers, who have a very bad offense. They swing and miss quite a bit. Obviously, that's the bread and butter for Dylan Cease. They still have to play the Orioles and the Rangers as well, a couple of teams that have a lot of swing and miss. So, conceivably, Dylan Cease has made 11 starts, right? So, he's probably got Mm -hmm. 20 or so left. Maybe 10 or more of those could be against teams like Cleveland, Kansas City, and Detroit, depending on how the rotation falls and all of that. Now, I will say he's on track to face the Dodgers in his next start, so that's not awesome. But after that, the Tigers, the Blue Jays, if he pitches well against the Dodgers and the Blue Jays in that stretch – that 19 to 1 that you see out there at BetMGM right now probably goes down to 10 to 1, 8 to 1, something like that. So I think now is actually not a bad time to jump on Dylan Cease where he's faced, you know, Boston and New York and Tampa Bay and some of these teams that are pretty decent offensively, but the back half of the schedule for the White Sox is loaded with pretty inferior teams. And in fact, we can kind of touch on that a little bit here. Take a look at some of the division odds that are out there.
3: Let me let me throw another one at you real quick. Go ahead. What about Scoobel
2: I mean, it, it's tough, he, right? I mean, does, do, do they give it to a guy who's on a team that's probably going to lose 90-plus games?
3: Because he just seems like he's getting – but he had a bad start, and and he was – he learned a lot last year, I thought, and he had a bad start this year. And then he's been so good since. He's mm-hmm. 4-2 with a two one five fifty eight 58 innings, 61 strikeouts, only 10 walks. Like, he's been awesome. Right. 0.95 whip, and again, I question whether he can – you know, finished the season, but he like what the jump from last year, to this year has been awesome. And then the same thing with the Tigers, they started horrible last year and they finished amazing. And if they can do any of that again, and then he rides the high of what he learned and how good he's been. Like, I don't like 20 to one. I would want a little bit more, but I mean, if I'm talking about Dylan Cease and I got to talk about Tarek Scouble, in my opinion,
2: right? No, I mean, yeah, it's, I I will say, I mean, I think the white Sox bullpen is better. And I think that, you know, that'll help Dylan Cease get some of those wins and, Keep some of those inherited runners off the score sheet in terms of his ERA and all that. I mean, look, you know. Hit the ERA. The, the, the big question is, you know, can they give it to a guy that's not on a, on a playoff team or a team that even contends? You know, because unfortunately, for better or worse, it's not always necessarily about the player and his performance. It's about the team's performance, too. And it shouldn't be. Mm-mm. It shouldn't be at all. But that would be the thing yeah. I would worry about. You know, if you've got Tarek Skubel and he wins – eight games on a team right, that loses right. 90 plus you know it's really hard for them to to kind of give him that yeah, award
3: now you got to be jacob Degrom dominant right right or yeah. felix hernandez dominant and that's hard to do
2: right for sure but you know looking at that al central race i think is really interesting because you know you kind of talked about it in terms of the twins you know earlier on where you know they just they keep playing well they have played a pretty weak schedule and as i just mentioned the white Sox have the worst strength of schedule the rest of the way The White Sox have still been the favorite in that AL Central, despite this gap that they have, despite all the injuries and all of that. And the reality is, I mean, you look at the other favorites across the league, Astros are a $7 favorite in the West as the Angels lose again today. Yankees are a $2 favorite in the East with the lead that they've got. Dodgers, I don't think anyone can challenge them. Brewers, probably not. Mets have a big lead. It feels like even though we're a few days into June here, Josh, the AL Central is the only one up for grabs.
3: It is up for grabs. Imagine, uh... 11 days ago, what, what, what the Astros was at. I, be, I bet right. because of how much we love the Angels, I bet that the Astros probably weren't even favored at that point. But the Angels going this. I mean, it, we all, it was all over the news. It was the four New York teams and the two L.A. teams, right? They all were in first place. And you probably got – I mean, that's again, that's where you got to jump on these bets, right? Because now you can't lay $7 on Houston anymore because the Angels dropped 11 in a row. Uh, the White Sox, they're going to get healthy at some point. It's going to turn around. Just, it can't be too late.
2: One more segment left here on the run line. We'll take a look at the six games Uh-oh. coming up on Monday in Major League Baseball. Hope you enjoyed the show so far. I know we have. This is the run line, VSIN's baseball betting show.
0: You found VSIN's premier baseball betting show. This is the run line.
2: The Vsin summer special is here. For only $39, you get everything Vsin has to offer from now through the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vsin.com and subscribers will have access to all of it. That includes my daily MLB best bets article, which does return tomorrow and runs Monday through Saturday. Jonathan Von Tobel's NBA best bets and market report all the way through the NBA finals. Andy McNeil, he's doing it on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have preseason NFL coverage, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles with golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full v experience, which features daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. So you can sign up now over at v slash summer. And Burke and Josh Towers back with you here on the run line. The last segment we've got here for today's show, and it seems like we may almost be coinciding with the end of Sunday night baseball here. Josh, as the yeah. Cubs up three to two, they scratch out a run in the eighth inning. Uh, they are minus five seventy five going to the bottom of the ninth or to the top of the ninth, excuse me here, as this one kind of dancing around out there at DraftKings. But uh, look, you know they pushed one across in the eighth. They did what they had to do, and now we'll see if they can get a save opportunity clinched.
3: You a gamble man, or no?
2: What are you thinking?
3: I'm just saying five seventy five. Would you take it?
2: No, I mean, I I would play Cardinals or nothing. Cardinals here. or nothing, right? But, I don't know. You know what? I mean, look, we, we kind of talked about this. I mean, there's been a lot of balls in play tonight. Very, very few strikeouts from either pitching staff. 18 hits in this game, but only five total runs. We've had a few guys thrown out on the bases. Cubs have had a guy thrown out at third and at home. Uh, the Cardinals have had a guy thrown out at second as well. Uh, you know, I don't know. Rowan Wick on the mound, though, a right-hander. Cardinals have been much better against lefties than righties. So, so n- maybe not a great matchup here.
3: He he gave up uh, three in one inning in his last appearance, then two hits, but nothing across appearance before. But two runs in one inning the appearance. Every other runs, no runs, no runs, no runs, no. Every other for about ten appearances. So according to this, he's not giving up any runs. With that said, he can't be very confident in himself.
2: So well, that's something. I, I mean, I don't want to dig too deep into this because we, we want to get to to Monday's card. Mm-hmm. But as a sabermetrics guy and a big analytics guy, it's a lot about sample size. And you're talking more about you know kind of a smaller sample right. of, of the last few starts, last few appearances. Um, look, like I said, I mean, from a data standpoint, to have significant numbers, I need a larger sample size for yes. a lot of those things to to be true or at least be predictive. But for you, it seems like you're looking at kind of more of a micro picture than than a macro. For one. starters,
3: for sure. For a guy like this, I mean, he's got a few years in the big leagues. Uh, I'm trying to see here. I mean, he's been he's, – he's had opportunities to close quite a few times. I mean, he's never put a full year in the big leagues. This is definitely going to be the, the, the year that he does. So, he's still learning himself. But at the same time, we're still learning him as well. Um, and Bader swings at a pitch 1-1 one, one, that's completely out of the zone. But it's the same pitch close, but in his head, that he got struck out looking on the bat before. So, now he's a little bit more – got to swing at this. Um, anything down right here, he's going to take strike three looking. Um All right, tomorrow, what do we got?
2: All right, so let's take a look at tomorrow here, and uh, only six games on the board. You got an interesting one in Cincinnati where the one thing I will say is, you know, we talk about offense and the uptick of offense here throughout the last basically three or four weeks or so. One ballpark that has been truly a hitter's haven is Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. You got Madison Bumgarner, Hunter Green in that one, and a total of nine and a half. As I mentioned, Cincinnati has been a pretty good hitter's ballpark. What do you think about the fact that Hunter Green, the short favorite here in this one gets Madison Bumgarner, with a leadoff, this, this is a triple Uh-oh. unless, unless a triple.
3: he unless he pimped it out of the box, yeah, which he doesn't tend to do. That's Harrison Bader.
2: So now the tying run on third base here. So there's no maybe going back to our ghost runner situation. Cardinals are uh, nothing. What? Right? Exactly. <laughs> I, I. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Hunter Green, short favorite role That's the pitching that Davis. we
3: talk about, right? So, like again, it's it's not enough sample size for me from a reliever standpoint. From a starter standpoint, it is. But he doesn't have to throw that pitch there. He, he chased four inches higher on a 1-1 count. So, you know he's going to be more aggressive on a, on a two-strike count. So, why am I coming closer to the zone when I already got him chasing up? The pitch before, if it wasn't a slider, if it would have stayed on the corner or a fastball that stayed down on the corner, he would have took it because the gap of height. So, he didn't trust – that aspect, and instead of going back down where I know I'm going to have more success, where still had a ton of success, mm-hmm. he tries to beat him with a 94 up, but he doesn't throw it across the numbers of the letters. He throws it at the belt. Well, these guys are major league hitters. You already got him swinging up. You can't come down when you already got him swinging up. You have to go higher. you got to be willing to go 3-2. you got to be willing to go ball four. This is where it looks like Wick has a – Wick, right? That's where it yeah. looks like he has a lot to learn about this part of his game. But he does clearly have the stuff. Uh, Hunter Green, again, we just saw 94 turn around belt high, 95 turn around belt high for a triple. Just missed a home run by a couple feet. Hunter Green throws 100 plus, 103, 102, 101, 105, I don't care. He's got a 619 ERA. I watched him give up a ton of home runs. I don't care how hard you throw 94 up and in at Yachty's face. If you can't locate, you're never going to have success in the major leagues. Never. So, again, when I look at this game blanketly, just off the top, I like the uh, Diamondbacks. I think, you know, they lost today 3-2, but I think they played a good series. Bungarner's been good. Um, And I'm going to make Hunter Green come to me as a hitter because it doesn't matter. Hunter goes a long way.
2: A couple of guys that have had a lot of success as Major League pitchers here. A really good one between the Mets and the Padres. As we talked about the Mets, very impressive split against the Dodgers. Coming away with that game here today in extra innings. Carlos Carrasco and Blake Snell. And... I'll always have a soft spot for Carlos Carrasco being a Cleveland Indians fan and and everything that he went through. And also, I mean, he's a guy that does a ton of philanthropic work and and all of that. But the thing that's really nice for him this season is he's pitching extremely well. He had a procedure prior to the season, removed some loose bodies in the elbow. He's been really, really good here so far. Blake Snell, not as many starts under his belt coming back off of injury. A guy that, you know, we talked about having trust in your guys working deep. Snell's kind of a five and dive type of guy. What, what do you think about this Mets-Padres matchup?
3: Yeah, thanks, Kevin Cash. Thanks, Kevin <laughs> Cash, for, uh, for that. Let's go back to career, man. Let's go minor leagues real quick. And Blake Snell, uh, 2022, minor leagues. He did really well. But, again, it's minor leagues. I'm buying spread for the team. I'm, I, I, I'm not worried about anything. I don't care if I lose. Like It's, it's pretty good. Um, but it, 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 it's expected, right? Then we go to the big leagues and now it means something again. And now I'm owing 2 our 15 innings. He's only given up eight hits. Um, two of them are home runs. He's given up eight runs in those 15 innings. So it's like when they get on base, he's giving them up. But past that, they only hit 157 against them. So like he the stuff is there, but Blake is just not I don't for whatever reason, he's just not believing in himself, which kind of throws me off a little bit. Um it, it again, it's like I want to back the kid. But when I know when somebody gets in scoring position, like a different guy shows up, and I can't trust that. I want the complete opposite of that. So it, it's, it's hard for me. Carrasco, on the other hand, has been amazing. The Mets have been good. They just come off with two wins. It's a big win versus the Dodgers. Is it a letdown? And he was pretty good. Or is it a momentum builder? Also, i got to watch this because Jason Hayward, I love how they talk about his defense and his arm, and it's not what it used to be. Um, Carrasco's last start had his father in the stands. Mm -hmm. All right. First time ever. 13 years. I hear you on Kraska, by the way. I loved him in Cleveland and I love the story. I'm a big fan of this kid. Last year he was coming back and realizing if he still had it. I do have it. Got a great offseason. And now it's back to the old college Kraska, who's really good. So I want to back this kid. Um, It's like a no hitter high, right? Like I got a lot of conversation about my dad. It's on social media. Is there a letdown because pops isn't going to be there this time? This is a tough game for me to handicap. It really is.
2: No, that's fair. I think it makes a lot of sense. But I don't know if this game's any easier to handicap, but it's one of the four we have in the American League tomorrow. Boston and Anaheim, or well, Los Angeles, Angels of Anaheim, whatever they call themselves nowadays. Noah Syndergaard on the mound for this one. The Angels obviously losing in devastating fashion here today. Run that losing streak out to 11, but they are a small favorite after that cross-country flight back home, taking on Michael Waka and a Red Sox offense that was the best in baseball in the month of May and, and hasn't really slowed down here in June much.
3: Yeah. <sighs> wish we had more time. I want to explain this to you too. Uh, I don't know, I mean, Walker got rocked his last start, but he was really good the start before. But then the start before that, he got rocked, but it was also versus the team that he pitched good against, right? Because we always flip off and we face the team back-to-back starts. And, 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 and so, I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's definitely a different Walker. It's a guy we've seen in the past a lot more than the more recent guy, but Noah Syndergaard hasn't been good at all. Noah's, uh, God, he struggled. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I
2: I, I, I I just, like, what what is that mindset like when you've lost 11 in a row? Like, is it just what's going to happen next? Especially well, look
3: at today. Game? That's my whole thing. Like, look at today's. They were at 5 nothing in today's game going into the sixth inning or something like that.
2: Right. They blew and, and that In a game? good getaway day spot where you could fly back, have a decent flight home.
3: It's easy to want to run the Angels nonstop. Sorry, that was Syndergaard I was talking about. It's easy to run the Angels nonstop. But Noah hasn't pitched good. It was at Yankee Stadium. He was getting mugged by the fans during his warm-up. Ball. Oh, that's a ball. That's up. You're going to get rocked today. And then he goes out and gets rocked. Been there with the fans yelling at you. Um, this is why they got him, right? This is why they got him. Um, Boston's been playing well, but they also played Oakland, who's not a very good baseball team fundamentally all the way around. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I get why the Angels are favored here. Again, it's hard for me to want to take them, but I understand why they're favored. what has been fun.
2: Having Josh Towers on the desk with me here for the run line. As I said, Ben Wilson will return next week, but uh, great to get a different kind of perspective. Thanks for joining me. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate it, buddy. Well, it's been the run line here, v baseball betting show. Make sure you check out the archive on demand. Thanks to our producer behind the glass, Brian Ortega,
0: and everybody else.